We have a special guest this morning, and when a pastor comes into a new church, which has been a little over six years ago, um, because we were missionaries for many years, and it's so good to have your lovely wife with us, Brother Julius, this morning. I'll let you introduce her and uh, honor her today. But when a lot of pastors take over, uh, because I was a missionary for many years, I used to occasionally get a letter from a church that supported us. And we've supported uh, Brother Julius for many years here as Christian Center Church with Pastor Rooks and the the pastor who was uh, before me. And when a lot of pastors come in, they kind of evaluate. And I've gotten letters, and it's perfectly understandable, but pastors come in, they take over a church, and a lot of times they send out a letter saying, we will no longer be supporting you monthly. And uh, because there's a transition, well, when I came here, having been a missionary and gotten a few of those letters over the years that I was a missionary, because they were understandable, but they were also very disappointing because that's income. That's as, This is how we did our ministry. And when I came here, I thought, evaluated and looked over all the ministries. Brother Frank is our missions director and talked to him and spoke to him. And here's what I want you to know. Each one of those missionaries that I prayed about and talked with and have gotten to meet now over the years. This is wonderful soil. This couple, they are absolutely making a difference in the kingdom of God in the area of India that they minister in. So at this time, Brother Julius, would you come and bring the word this morning? And let's give a good Christian Center Church welcome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. No, this is good. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good to be in Florida. Yes, yes. I'm from California. Uh, India via California. So good to be here. And as Pastor Jason mentioned that, uh, you know, a lot of pastor change and, and leadership change. But this church has not left our hands. And not a single month. Uh, that this church has not supported us for the last 22 years, if uh, I would uh, say that. And uh, thank you. I'm here on behalf of all those souls that have been saved, that has been added to the kingdom of God. You know, that's what we are here for. I mean, I do see the graduates and uh, bless them and congratulate them. But at the same time, We must ask a question that God, what on the earth are we doing? Why have you brought us on this earth? Why are we still living? Is there a purpose for that? And the ultimate purpose, go and preach the gospel. And make them disciples, every nation. And that's what you guys are doing. You are a missionary right from here. You are sending people to go and preach on behalf of you. Every soul that's being saved over there in India and Nepal is also adding into your account. So why don't you give yourself a big hand and say, thank you, Jesus, for letting me do this. You you made me worthy that I could be a supporter of the kingdom of God. You know, there will be end to us. We are born and one day we'll be gone, but there will be no end to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What a wonderful privilege we have to preach the gospel. Something that is infallible. That is something, ultimate truth. And we don't have to make it up. It's already done. Jesus went upon the cross and says, it is finished. We are only proclaiming the finished work of God. It is already done. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And don't let, you know, I have uh, no problem with seven-day Adventists, but I do have problem with seven-day Absentists. (laughs) There are a lot of seven-day Absentists. They are absent on seven-day. And I have a complaint against uh, this uh, bare aspirin. You know, it, it works very well on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, especially on Saturday. People take it, two pills, and they are out of their aches and pains, go out fishing and hunting and all of that. It doesn't work on Sunday morning. (laughs) They need to make a special Sunday aspirin, you know, something like that, you know, super strong or whatever, you know. Hallelujah. Folks, seventh day is never over. When God made the days, it says the first 
morning and evening and it was first day. Then morning and evening, second day. Morning and evening, third day. And it all, all of the days are said were first day, were second day, were third day, were fourth and were fifth and were sixth. But seventh was never were. It is still here. And it is never, after seventh, there was no eighth day. And there was no, again, it was not a recycle thing that, again, after seventh, the first day started. No, we are still in the Sabbath, in the rest of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we are still waiting for that rest that would come upon God. Not only said it is good. He saw all the days. He said it's good. It's good. But he blessed the seventh day. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so good to be here. Uh, as I said that uh, uh, I feel I owe to you guys. Uh, of the blessings that you have sent over seven seas across the world. 14,000 miles from here. And each and every soul as I said. They may not, or you may not get to see them on this earth. But one day when you stand before the throne of judgment, you will have something to present to the king of kings. Bible says, none appear before me empty-handed. It's not our cars, it's not our houses, it's not our property and CDs and other stuff that we are going to present. It's the soul that we have saved and brought into the kingdom of God. And this church has a great part. I really appreciate all of you for what you have done for the kingdom of God. I do appreciate Pastor Jason, Sister Leah. Uh, from the very first time I saw them, it, there was a kindred spirit. And as he said that he himself has been in that uh, uh, place of being a missionary. Uh, he knew that uh, what the missionaries face and what one of the, their greatest strength is monthly support. And uh, thank you, Pastor Jason, for understanding the value of monthly support and uh, not uh, uh, deviating from it and giving us the opportunity to receive that monthly support and keep doing what the Lord has asked us to do. Uh, we have been in ministry for the last 35 years. In fact, uh, the ministry that I'm part of was established by a young American lady back in 1909. She got a vision. Uh, she was from Indianapolis, Christ Temple, Indianapolis, Indiana. And in 1909, God gave her a vision to go to India. Her parents said, no, you are not going. She was only 19. And her parents said, do you know India is a terrible country with snakes and tigers? <laughs> well, we still have snakes and we still have tigers. And lots of them. But you know, God's calling are without repentance. God doesn't, he scratches his head and said, oh, I mean Honolulu, Hawaii, not India. And uh, God renewed the vision and said, no, I want you to go to India. Long story short, she ends up in India. And there she found my grandfather and grandmother. And she told them about the love of Jesus. In 1911, three of them, Sister McCarty from Indianapolis, my grandfather and grandmother, they established a ministry in one of the most remote, remotest area of the world. You know, when Jesus said, you will be a witness unto the end of the world, that's where they started, at the end of the world. I mean, if you go to the place where I come from or where they started it, it's almost like end to the world. There's no roads, no electricity. Uh, I mean, it's just like uh, end of the world. And she started the work in 1911. And guess what? We have already celebrated 100 years of that ministry. And I'm here to tell you that ministry still continues on. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm a part of that ministry. So I owe to America and Americans. And I, I'm here to encourage you. I want to bless you. I want to remind you. Sometimes all that we need is reminding to be encouraged. That what the Lord has done. He has given it into our hands. Go and preach the gospel. Whatever means it may be. And thank you again for doing it. I thank my very best friend and great friend of mine, Brother Frank Burns. Throughout the years, he has been in my contact and I've been in his contact. And he has always held me up 
and he has given me the opportunity again as i said to go and preach the gospel i'm so glad that this time i brought my wife one wife and one son <laughs> someone someone asked me there in india that hey brother julius uh, you know in old testament they used to have multiple wives like polygamy do you have any verse in the new testament where uh, it is prohibited not to have more than one wife i said well not exactly like that but check this out the bible says a man cannot serve two masters <laughs> and one is good enough for me ruth would you please stand this is my 35 years of wife my master and <laughs> my mama picked up her for me and look how beautiful she is when parents do the picking up they do a good job guys yeah it works you know we have arranged marriages and uh, uh, there is no divorce you know 0.01 and uh, i always put it this way that after we are married and we are unknown to each other we start knowing each other and kind of dating each other as you would put it that way and by the time you get to know each other well it's too late to leave so you know i mean <laughs> just to stick together you know and finish the race <laughs> amen <laughs> hallelujah god is good god is. let me show you something last year when i came i uh, told you about this tribe uh that we found through internet i've been preaching in internet and it was um pandemic uh time they did not have uh no means to get food these tribes are the remnant of the tribe of dan uh if you go to the history of all the sons of jacob he had 12 sons right and they all became tribe and uh, uh, they call uh, the tribe of dan as lost tribe of dan uh, but they were found in india and because india happened to be a non christian or a hindu country not much of their history was revealed or came out so they always are referred as lost uh, lost tribe of dan but we found them and they are only 30 miles from the place gorakhpur where i live in india and it was pandemic time i was preaching on internet 24/7 uh, because couldn't travel to back to india and this tribe was almost on the verge of dying without food because they are uneducated they are they live in a separate uh, area of the society and um, uh, they are protected by the law or the government because they are tribal and uh, uh, they did not have no means to get food because all that they know is go out in the villages and house to house and begging and asking for arms but because of the pandemic nobody would even let them come close uh but they heard my preaching on the internet and they contacted me the the leader of the tribe and as i mentioned uh, last time that he was almost uh planning to do a mass suicidal because uh, there was no food and he couldn't see his uh, tribe dying without food so the, he had already planned that but at the same time uh, god intervened and uh, you know the word of the lord works yeah. folks you don't know what you are holding in your hand it is much powerful than the most powerful missile in the world most powerful bomb and most powerful weapon the thing that you are holding in your hand can destroy the power of darkness can penetrate even the darkest of dark if you can hold it on and use it and the leader of the tribe contacted me and we tried started feeding them uh, let me show you uh, this video after about 6 um, months of pandemic that i was stuck here uh, i went back to india and uh, the leader came and he said would you please come and uh, 
give us the word of God. And that day, about 800 of them received Christ as one and only personal savior for their lives. We have already baptized 400 plus of them. And then we are ready to baptize the rest of them. I'm leaving uh, back for India on the 16th of May. So keep me in your prayers that the Lord, what he has started, will finish. So uh, I would uh, like you to, brother, if you can please... uh, Play uh, number three, please. The video number three. All right, so this is their village. And uh, the government has made small houses for them. Uh, they live like uh, uh, like gypsies, uh, nomads. And uh, there is no... Uh, they live like a family. Uh, no locking and no doors and windows. They just live like a family. They are tribal, they are different from us, they speak different language. And when I went there uh, in December of 2020, I think, uh, there were about thousands of them gathered there, and they all received Christ that day. Hallelujah. As I said, we have already baptized 400 plus of them. And uh, when I say one and only person, Savior, Hindus worship 365 million gods. So the challenge is not adding Jesus as another God, taking all other gods out and take Jesus as one and only person, Savior. So that's quite a challenge. And because of your support, we were able to feed them. I mean, this is just a little rice and little lentil, little soup. But for them, it's a treat. It's a feast for them. And because of your regular support, monthly support, we were able to go and give the food to them. And also, uh, you know, uh, we provided them with clothes and uh, trying to get, Ruth is trying to get a school in there and educate them because they know nothing but they know Jesus now. And the leader said that after they have received Jesus, the disease, the illness, the fear, the everything is gone from that tribe. They feel so much encouraged, folks. And they worship, oh, their worship is like a beautiful. It's just beautiful. And uh, uh, this is one girl that, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, trafficking, human trafficking. And they are also sold for human trafficking that we are trying to stop. That I were there and we prayed. And right after we left, a month later, that reservoir is now completely overflowing. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. And I, if you remember last time you guys helped us to find a land. And we have already found the land. And look at this uh, banner here. So... Uh, Brother, if you can play uh, number uh, five. Number five. Yes, sir. Look at this. This comes all the way from Kanjartola, Gorakhpur, India. Look at that. Look at that. This church has a footprint in India. In the Kanjartola, India. Look at that. Hallelujah. We are able to secure the land for these people so they can have a place of worship. Uh, we still need to put a shed kind of there. Pray that the Lord will provide us enough funds so we can put a shed. So no matter rain, sun, whatever, they are still gathering in a, under, uh, under a shade of tree. But, you know, that's not a place to be. And uh, a lot of snakes and a lot of mosquitoes and a lot of other stuff. So if we can give them a place of worship, it would be wonderful. As I said, I mean, even without having no place of worship, brother, if you can play uh, number four, just a, just a few seconds of this. Look at this. They just have one smartphone and they have put YouTube music on that and people were worshipping like they had every million dollar in their banks, you know, and another million is on the way. They're so satisfied and it put me to shame like you know, we need this equipment and we need that PS. I mean, I'm not against that. I mean, we need that. I have it. But look at that. They have nothing but their worship. 
was so intense was so pure speaking in tongues how could you do that you have not not even a bed in their house forget about food and all of that how could you worship thank you that's it brother and god gave me this message that it's not about your situation your circumstances that helps you worship it's your position instead of trying and finding the best situation and circumstances and atmosphere in fact we need to focus on our position In 2 Kings chapter number 7 if you have your bibles with you just give me few minutes of your undivided attention i'm just here to encourage you i'm just here to remind you that your god is still on the throne we are surrounded by different <coughs> negative situations news is no news anymore it's all information and it's all discouraging conspiracy it's all about something going on here and there i mean you open the te- television and what do you get no encouragement it's not time to watch news it's time to go back to the good news <laughs> hallelujah and god taught me right there in india that julius is not about your situation your situation can be the best and you still be miserable your circumstances can be the worst but you still be rejoicing and in second chapter second kings chapter 7 and verse number 3 there is a city which is surrounded by benhadad and the city belongs to the people of god children of god Samaria inside the situation was so grave that mamas were boiling their babies and eating them up one of the worst one of the most heartbreaking event if i read in the bible two mamas were fighting upon who was going to eat the babies you know the story right because there was a famine arose a bad situation famine is not a good thing there are two gates and they were all shut down because of the fear of enemy and there were four leprous men four lepers at the entering of the gate of samaria Let me read it to you. Second Kings chapter 7 and verse number 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? I mean, is this coming from somebody who is completely un- in- incapable of doing something? they were leper i don't know how many lepers have you seen have you ever, ever encountered leper but in india leprosy is very dominant lot of lepers lot of leprosy and i think leprosy is worst disease that somebody can have god forbid it's worse than aids or anything else or even covid because with other disease you die with leprosy you live and you see your body being eaten up You see how every day you are getting crippled and crippled your limbs and your fingers and your you're getting deformed and four of them entering at the gate the situation inside I'm just trying to paint a picture here inside cow dove's dung was being sold donkey's head was being eaten again I don't want to repeat it but mamas were it's a bad situation and for them it was worst 
Because they all depended on the arms when people would come in and go out. And now they have nothing. They are socially bycott. They are financially broke. They are physically incapable. Mentally, they have no clue what they are going to do. But look at their attitude. Instead of looking at the situation and doing a pity party. Oh my goodness, you know, this is a bad situation and we are all going to die. They said, why sit we here until we die? Hello, what are you going to do? Are you going to fight? Look at yourself. Look at your position. Look at your, your situation. Look at your body. Look at your bank balance. Many times Satan will come and threaten you with your situation and your circumstances. He will create or he will show or he will play all 24-7 in your mind that your situation is not a good situation. You are in a bad circumstance. I mean, that's what he's going to play in your mind. But this morning, I want to remind you and challenge you through the word of God that as a child of God, if you have Jesus as one and only personal savior, can I have some hands up here? It is more important for you to be in position. When you see the enemy coming, take your position. Instead of crying out, instead of whining and complaining, pastor this and pastor doesn't come and church doesn't do this. No, this is no time. We are on attack. This is the time to take your position. And remember, in a battle, and I know there are a lot of people who have been to battle, in a battle... Do you know who wins? Not who does have everything and, you know, the, 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 the greatest man or the greatest woman. The one who has the better situation, uh, position. If you have the better position, you win the battle. Few years ago, you know, India and Pakistan never get along. And in 1947, we broke up and there were two countries made. Before that, it was all India. So Pakistan on the west side, India on the east side, and we always have problem at the Kashmir border. Few years ago, we had very grave situation, and we were on the on almost on the verge of nuclear war. Thank God for America because America intervened and they they had to back off. What happened that? Up on the Kashmir, it's all Himalayan mountains, very, very cold. Both the countries cannot afford to keep their armies up there at the border. So every year, at the beginning of winter, both of them, they talk to each other and they come down and be in their camps down there. And as soon as the spring would come, they would talk to each other and they go up again and hold the border. That year... Pakistan did not tell India and they had their army up there before Indians would go up there. And they already took their position from the higher, higher side of the mountain. And when the Indian convoys started going up, they blew them up, blew them up. Six convoys was blew up before the news went down to India that your convoy is not getting up there. Do you know why? Not because Pakistan has better weapon, better stuff, better missile or whatever. They had better position. And this morning, can I challenge you that instead of whining and complaining, listen. Your, con- your, your circumstances, your condition is all virtual. It's somewhere out there. It's it's playing in your mind. Position is something that is real. You can take your position. And sometimes it is better to be in a foxhole in a bunker than to be in a tower. And sometimes it's better to be on a tower than to be in a foxhole. And Jesus has said that I, I sent you in this world like a lamb. There's wolves out there. Be careful. Be wise like a serpent. But also like a dove. These lepers, they said, no, we are not going to just sit here. 
and complain and and look at uh, look around our circumstances says oh we can't do nothing you know we don't have nothing but julius i can't support i can't have you know you can have thousands and one excuses but is this time to make an excuse they said so what are we going to do well we are going to go to the enemy's camp these four leprous men just imagine if these people i mean completely incapable bodily physically mentally socially financially completely broke i mean they they have no not even one thing that you would say that they can go to the enemy's camp but i tell you what when you have the spirit of the lord when you have faith in the lord you can move mountains hallelujah you know fear can make you think bizarre stupid things like this bad man there was a bad guy he came home he was frustrated so that's not a good combination he's a bad guy is frustrated all right he wanted to get his frustration out so he goes out and he had some chicken so he goes out he says you know i'm so mad i'm so frustrated and i'm going to put all my frustration on you guys so tomorrow morning every every one of you the chicken every one of you will lay two eggs for me not one two eggs for me well all the chicken were scared next morning he goes to the pen and he finds two eggs with each chicken only one chicken had laid only one egg and he goes to that chicken he says how dare you i said two two eggs and he looked at him he said sir actually i'm not supposed to lay no eggs because i'm a rooster <laughs> but i was so scared lot of children of god are living in fear <laughs> god can bless you right in your condition and your situation i know about a man a boy named joseph and let me read it to you genesis chapter 39 verse number 1 and joseph was brought down to egypt and potiphar an officer of pharaoh captain of the guard an egyptian bought him out of the hands of the ishmaelite which had brought him down thither i mean everything was down 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 you you may not understand what this verse means but let me put it in modern way and a kid american kid from homosassa spring was captured by talibanis <laughs> and taken down to the dungeon of osama bin while he's dead but taliban isis they have taken him down over there what do you think lot of news views a lot of hashtag would be going out save joseph hashtag save joseph and the next verse says and he was a prosperous man no there is a typo here how can that is possible a hebrew boy is taken down into egypt not as a merchant not as a businessman how can he be prosperous not as a king not as a, not as a prince he's taken down there as a slave and even in the house of one of the most wishes man he was the he was the chief of the guard potiphar he is in that house how can he be prosperous over there joseph is writing letters and he is sending his tweeting i am in a very bad situation guys would you please pray would you the god would kill this man and no he never even complained a bit because the very next line says he was prosperous man i skip one line and it says and the lord was with joseph it doesn't matter how bad the situation is it doesn't matter how bad your circumstances is if the lord is with you hallelujah you can be a prosperous person right in the midst of that calamity hori bashandara laba thank you jesus Many times God would use that situation to glorify him. <laughs> Three young men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, one day they were brought in front of the king. There was a big huge fire 
and the the trend on the internet was save Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hashtag. Oh, the church is praying and everybody's trying, save them, save them. And here they stand without fear, fearless because they have faith and not only faith, they had trust in the Lord Almighty God. They went in front of the king. He said, king, let, 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 let us tell you that we are not going to bow down before you. Is that clear? Do you understand our language? <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, hallelujah. Never complain. Look at that fire. God, would you send a tornado? A hurricane here. Okay, God, would you send a, <laughs> a hurricane and get that fire taken care of? No, they never even looked at the fire. They never even talked about the fire. They talked about their Lord God Almighty. When you have a situation, when you are in that kind of uh, circumstances, would you glorify? Would you go down on your knees and say, I'm taking my position. This is the time for me to attack. Hallelujah. Because the victory is mine. Victory is mine. Tell Satan, get thee behind because the victory belongs to me. I know about another young man. His name was Daniel. And one day he was lowered down into a lion's den. And it was not a Disneyland or Disney World lion's den, okay? Those lions were real, not mechanical. Yeah. When they were roaring, it was real. It was not coming out from a PS system. <laughs> and, 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 and Daniel writes a, writes a journal and he sends newsletters. And, oh, I'm here. Please pray. The lions have rounded. There are three lions and three lionesses and two cubs. I mean, he's not even bothered about them. We started analyzing our, you know, you have to analyze your situation and you have to analyze your circumstances. Folks, it is time for you to analyze your position. Who are you in the Lord? Is the Lord with you or not? He can save you right in the fire. He can save you right in, in the lion's den. And all that he was doing. He was praising, he was worshipping the Lord. And the Bible says, the Lord sent his angel, hallelujah, in that lion's den. God, God did not, God would have killed all those lions. God would have taken Daniel out. No, you be right there because I've got a purpose. Tomorrow morning, you are going to be a witness of my power. So people and the king will know that I am the king of kings and lord of lords. And I am not just a mighty God. I am an almighty God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Interestingly, there was, God told the lions that, hey, uh, they were very happy. You know, they got a meal. They were hungry. God said, no, you are not going to eat this guy. Why, God? We are hungry. Yeah, don't worry. Tonight, there will be a fasting and praying service here. What do you mean? You will be fasting and he will be praying. Okay. So Daniel is praying and they were fasting. Look at, at him like, what is this, right? They did not understand. Next morning, king comes and he said, how are you, D Daniel? I mean, you know, what a stupid question. Like, put me in lion's den and ask me, how am I doing, right? I'm dead. <laughs> they have eaten me up. No. Well, Daniel is taken out. And the lions looking at them again. I said, they said, wow, what a great meal, God. And we are still hungry. God said, don't worry. <laughs> the fasting and praying is going to bring something better than you guys have never experienced. And you know, after a while, the, the thing opened up again, the den opened again. And one after another, there was full meal coming for each and every lion. And I'm pretty sure next time when they were hungry, they said, Lord, when are we going to have fasting and praying service again? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. How many times we have blamed our situation and circumstances and been a victim of the enemy. Lastly, there were two guys beaten up from head to toe. Thank you, Jesus. Paul and Silas I'm talking about. In a dungeon. In a prison. Their hands were tied up and their feet were tied up. What can we do in this kind of situation? I can't do ministry in this kind of situation. Look at my hands are tied up. My feet are tied up. Beaten up from head to toe. 
And Paul looked at Silas and says, in that dark, dungeon, smelly, I mean, not, not a, uh, you know, French Riviera where, you know, music is going on, you know. No, it was a bad situation, not a good circumstance. They were surrounded by the prisoners. And Paul looked at Silas and said, Silas, do you sing? He said, well, I tried one time in the choir, but the choir leader said I was off the track, you know, so. He said, hey, he's not here today. <laughs> you start, I'll just follow. We'll sing a duet here. Thank you, Jesus. Do I have to tell you the rest of the story? They were singing so loud. Instead, they, Listen, they had all the rights to make complaint. Oh, it's aching here. Oh, it's paining here. Oh, it's this. Oh, and, and, you know, they were beaten up. They were tied up. Yes, they had the right to complain. They had right to whine all about. But they were worshipping. They said, it's no time to look at our circumstances. Julius has already preached about taking your position. It's not about your circumstances. God is not moved with your circumstances and your condition. God is moved with your position. When you get into that position, God moves. Hallelujah. What are you threatening God with? Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. And here comes Mary. Had you been here, my brother would have not died. Who are you threatening? Who are you telling about death? His life and life eternal. He's the resurrection. Are you telling him? How dare you? Tell your situation. How dare you? I'm a child of God. Right? Don't ask God to change your situation. Kill the liars. Quench the fire. No God. I want you to bless me. Right in my situation. And my God. His hands are not shortened yet. That he cannot save. We face persecution on a daily basis. But I'm not preaching about persecution. I'm preaching about the mercies of God. The goodness of God. The might of God. Hallelujah. You know our government over there is trying to change India into a Hindu nation like Islamic nation. So no other religion will be practiced and all of that. But I'm not going to get into that. That's not my kind of Situation, I don't care about. I want to make my position every morning, every evening. I'm going to worship him. And I'm saying, God, you are going to bless me right in this situation. That's what the God we worship. Hallelujah. All other gods, all other so-called gods are dead somewhere out there. 40 miles east you go from Gorakhpur. There is Buddha who died. You know, they call him God. You go uh, about 60 miles west from Gorakhpur where I live. There is another, the incarnation, main incarnation of Hindu religion. Rama is uh, dead and buried over there. If you go 1500 miles west from the place where I live, there is a city called Mount Abu. And there is a big huge statue of a god, so-called god, Mahabir. And underneath the statue lies the ashes and remains of Mahabir. If you go... 3,000 miles west from Gorakhpur where I live, there is a place called Mecca and close to that is Medina where Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad, so-called Prophet Muhammad is, had died and buried over there. But this morning, I want to take you to another city, the city of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. 2,000 years ago, they put a man in that grave and they thought that just like Buddha and, and Rama and Mahabir and, and Prophet Muhammad, they, he, he's also going to, he's also done for. He's going to be in that grave. But after three days and three nights, that very man came out of that grave saying, I'm he that shutteth and no man openeth and I'm he that openeth and no man shutteth. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem in order to get your blessing you can get it right here because my Jesus is alive hallelujah and no matter what kind of situation what kind of circumstances you may be going through God can bless you right in your situation hallelujah God is good God is great and that is my God I always take pride in saying, he's my God. The Lord is, he's not just a shepherd, he's my shepherd. 
Folks, I have been, Ruth and I have been in different kind of situation. I can go on and on telling all about that. They try to kidnap my son. They try to kill me and they try to destroy our property. Nothing has happened. We are still there. 120 years later, we are still preaching the gospel. You have seen the video. Anytime you would like to come and visit us, you are more than welcome. I'm go- I'll ask Pastor Jason to sometimes come and visit us over there to see how God is working in that kind of situation. No food, no water, situation is bad, no, no, I mean the life situation, the life standard is so low, but when God blesses them and when they started worshipping the Lord they started speaking in tongues it's a complete different atmosphere over there, the situation changes right there because your God can bless you in your situation, close your eyes for a moment and just try to worship him in your heart and in your mind. I know every one of us has situation. The worst thing about the circumstances, one goes away, another comes in. You have just paid one bill, another is in the mail. <laughs> you are trying to get out of one situation and get into another one. So why worry about it? Why bother about it? It's time for you to take your position. He can bless you right into your situation. Instead of asking him, would you change my situation? Would you change my circumstances? Lord, I don't care. Because God doesn't care your situation either. He cares what my child is asking me. The Bible says, call me in the days of trouble. I will hear you. (laughs) I will bless you in your situation and this morning all that I have is to tell you that my God is alive and he's ready to bless you in your situation Lord I thank you for this beautiful congregation Pastor Jason, Sister Leah my good friend Brother Frank and the faithfulness of this church that have not let down your ministry your kingdom for holding their hands back. Lord, they must have a lot of financial situation and strains, but they never held their hand back in sowing the seed. Because they do believe that sow in the morning, sow in the afternoon, if we have sow in the evening, because you don't know which one will bring forth harvest. And no ground should make an excuse that I never got no seed. Bless them, Lord, as they have blessed your kingdom. And when your blessing comes to us, Lord, it is 160 and 30 folds. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you all, sir. Folks, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, what a word. Amen. Take your position. That is a word from heaven for our congregation that no matter what you're walking through. And I want to just remind you, and we're going to have one more small part of the service really quickly. But oftentimes when it comes to supporting ministries and supporting missionaries, I think we have very special people like Ruth and Brother Julius come in and they excite us and we get to see what God's doing. And we forget that we usually have a part to play in supporting that. I'll give you a little story to illustrate what I mean. I was uh, had a fellow over my house. This is years and years ago, and he was he was very well known for just kind of having the attitude of, "Well, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough." It'd be easy to to look at this couple and just say, "Oh, God bless him. Jesus will be enough for you," right? And I happened to say to him, I brought up a situation that was going on, and he just looked at me and said, well, Jesus is enough. I said, okay. A few minutes later, I said, man, it's almost lunchtime. I'm starving. He said, I am so hungry. I could eat just about anything. He said, well, what you got? And I said, well, I've got enough in the fridge to make one sandwich. He kind of looked at me like, what's going to happen here? And I said, well, Jesus is enough. <laughs> We forget that we have our part to play in, in making sure that people that are willing 
and have the ability. I, I would love to see this man preach in India because I guarantee you the fire of God falls when he does it. I guarantee it. Um, we have the opportunity, ability to sow into these people's lives. And as I mentioned the other night, we always give an honorarium. And uh, here in just a moment, we're going to take up an offering, but it's going to be for somebody who feels like they are being called to the mission field. Ginger, where are you at? Come up here with me for just a second. Can we hear it for Ginger Dryden as she comes? She's going to share what the Lord's laid on her heart. And uh, many of you, and we've been praying for years now, God, raise up missionaries out of this church. That's a big part of Leah and I's heart. Now, Ginger, I didn't really think it was going to be you, and I don't think you knew that either. But I was studying for my LCU class I'm teaching here a couple weeks ago, and there's a scripture that I've always kind of not completely understood, so I've never really taught on it, and it says this, for many are called, but few are chosen. And I kind of looked at that as well when, when God calls you, there's a choosing there, there's, there's an extra step that we kind of take. But what that actually is saying is this, and this may profoundly impact you when it comes to doing the will of God, because I've met people that have been seeking and searching for the will of God for 50 years, but they never step out in faith and do what's right in front of them to do. And when it says many are called and few are chosen, what it means is that call is an open invitation to whomsoever will come and be saved and then come and to do the work of the ministry. So what it's saying is there is a price to be paid for serving and following Jesus. How many know that this morning? To take up our cross and to follow him. So I'm going to give Ginger a few minutes, and at the end, here's what we're going to do. After she shares, how many remember Abigail Connor that came a few Wednesdays ago? She works for Overland Missions, and uh, she's a full-time missionary, her and her husband, and we brought them in. And and what I'm what I'm blessed to say is people are catching the vision to go out into the world and to be a part of this. So Ginger, share for a few minutes. Good morning. Wow. (laughs) So, yeah, Abigail was here a couple months ago, and uh, I was back in the booth that night. And we've had other missionaries here before, and I sat there and was like, well, okay, you know, that's cool, sounds cool. But at the time, I was pretty intent on getting my bachelor's degree from LCU. And one thing that I've been figuring out later lately is the Lord doesn't care about my bachelor's degree. <laughs> so after that night, um, you know, I started thinking about it, started thinking about it, started thinking about it, praying about it, didn't know what direction the Lord wanted to take me and reached out to pastor, talked to pastor about it, you know, and he's just like, just keep praying. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I decided to finally reach out to Abby, and I reached out to Abby on a Friday afternoon, and I was like, hey, can we just sit and talk? I just want some more information about this. So that was Friday afternoon. We made an appointment for the following Wednesday, and Monday morning, as I was waking up, um, (laughs) most of the time the Lord gets through to me first thing as I'm waking up, because that's when my head is the most calm. And I heard clearly, I want you to do missions. And I'm like, okay, well, that got my attention. (laughs) And then like two seconds later, he said Mozambique. And I'm like, okay, now that really has my attention because I'm thinking Africa. So I grab my phone and I go in and I check. And of course, there's Overland, Mozambique. And for some strange reason, I had already had in my mind August. That from that night, I had already had in my mind August. And lo and behold, Overland has an uh, advanced mission training class starting in August in Mozambique. Wow. Wow. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess he's serious about this. So I started researching Mozambique. I started, you know, obviously I had my appointment with Abby. And uh, just it's just Wow. Um, what's going on over there in, in Mozambique and, and specifically with Overland. Um, you know, they just had their King of Kings uh, conference event over there where they had 
some 32 countries come in um, and different kings and queens from these African countries and tribal leaders in Zambia. And so many of them got saved. And they're excited now. And these are leaders of African countries that they're excited now to be discipled. And they're going to lead their people to Jesus. And I get to be over there and be on boots on the ground helping disciple people. And a lot of these people over there are unreached. There's 42% of the world has never even heard the name Jesus. 42% of the world. And I get to go over there into some of these places, these unreached places, and, and, and talk to them about Jesus, lead them to Jesus. But I need you guys. <laughs> you guys come into this in a big way because I can't go without help. I need, I need funding. And I've been blessed by many people in this church already, and I've been blessed by people outside of the church, people actually that have stepped up. And um, at this point, um, I need about $6,000 more to get over there. And this is for 13 weeks of training. This is just my 13 weeks of training. I'll be spending six weeks in Mozambique and then going to Zambia for six weeks and learning what it takes to be a full-time missionary because this is not a part-time thing for me. I'm committing five years of my life to go out and live in the bush to reach people for Jesus, to teach them about Jesus, to disciple them. This is five years of my life. But so I'm, you know, I just want, I'm just asking you guys to pray about it and whatever Holy Spirit leads you to, to give please do. And there should be a link. Um, yeah, there you go. If you want to give it through the actual Overland um, site. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger. It's amazing to see what God has done in Ginger's life. And she's answering that call. So as she mentioned, she reached out to me, which is the right thing to do. And I fasted and prayed about it. When she came back and we talked again, I felt very strongly that this is the direction. And that's only for her to decide, her and the Holy Spirit. But she has my blessing. She has my confirmation upon that call. And you have our support here as a church. Now, what we're going to do, I'll give you the good news, bad news, okay? And I won't do like my wife did me. And she had no good news to share. I don't know who does it. I know it's stuck right here in my spirit. I'm trying to get that out. But... The, the, the good news is is she has every single dime that she needs. The bad news is it's in your wallet and purse this morning or your bank account. But do you know what, what a simple thing it is for the Lord just to open this door? And here's what I want you to know. You are investing in somebody who is going to be trained to be a full-time missionary in a very tough part of the world. I've been in these countries that she's going to, and it is... And I've talked to her about this. It's, this is hardcore missions that she will be doing. And so she's going to need ongoing support today. I believed when I told her a couple weeks ago, I said, Brother Julius will be here that Sunday. It's a missions-focused Sunday. Our graduates are graduating up. What a perfect day for us to be able to sow a seed, amen, into this need that we have as one of our precious sisters right here in the church that is going to go do God's will. So... If you would, go ahead and take out those checkbooks and take out your wallet. And I'm dead serious. I don't do this to you often, so I expect a good response this morning. Because some of you sitting here right now this morning can take care of that whole thing. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't even bat an eyelash. Amen? There are people down on that river down there that are putting more gas in a boat that they're going to cruise around on and forget about tomorrow. And we actually, and listen, the United States of America, as Brother Julius and Sister Ruth can attest, we are a giving country. There are things built and extended in the kingdom all over the world because good-hearted believers in the United States of America, listen to me, sacrificially give something into this. But we still spend more money on dog food in the United States than we do on foreign missions. So let's get the perspective that when Brother Julius said, when we stand before Jesus, amen, You're not going to be able to bring your bank account or your checkbook, 
or anything else, but you will be able to say, hey, the Lord, the Lord will let you know. You sent Ginger to Mozambique, and she won 500 people to Jesus in five years. Amen? And listen, that's credited to your account because not a cup of cold water given in the name of Jesus Christ goes without a prophet's reward. I have no idea what a prophet gets rewarded with, but it sounds good to me. Amen? Guys, if you would, and Alexis, why don't you come up here and just play for just a second as we take up this offering. Father, we pray today as they come that you would bless this offering, that you would bless it to extend your kingdom. That's what today is all about with Brother Julius, Father, and his wife Ruth who have that incredible ministry there in India. God, we pray today your blessings upon them and their ministry. And Father, the souls that are being touched, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit and on their way to heaven. God, we rejoice in that today. Father, use this offering to further your kingdom and to extend the kingdom all over this earth. Father, I bless the people of God today. May they be blessed going in, blessed going out. May they be blessed at home and blessed in their work. Father, I pray today that, God, your face would turn towards them, that your countenance would rise upon them and you would give them peace, give them rest, give them favor. And, God, I pray the joy of the Lord over each one of them today, Father. We love and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I tell you what, after that goes in front of you, you're dismissed today. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. Please come up and and greet Brother Julius and Ruth as they've come a long way to be here with us today. We love you all and bless you. And uh, and the offering boxes, if you want to leave your tithes and offerings, put those in the back box. Don't put your tithe and offering in the offering bag because it will get mixed up in there, okay? God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord. What a great day to be in the house. Amen. Amen.